Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to The Extra Point Show on WGR Sports Radio 550. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Zach Jones, Joe Callie, hanging out with you for the next two hours. The Sabres, I guess we'll just do that right away. I see Jody Biasi had a poll on, do you miss Tim Murray? That was like That's waking up. That was like waking up to a sleep demon. So that was fun. And uh, again, the Sabers forty-five shots on goal, and not a single goal to show for it. Nope. And this comes off the tails of a seven-nothing win on Tuesday against the LA Kings in a game. Funny enough, they only I think had twenty-four shots on net, and it's just, man, what are we doing here? I just, what are we doing here? Yeah. And we were talking with, with Jeremy and Joe as we were taking over, and they were leaving. And they were kind of carrying a little bit of the topic that Sean Bulldog were taking, which was, you know, what was the worst moment in the drought? You know, worst decision, worst moment, whatever it is. And some people also were taking it back all the way to Drury and Briere of, like, we've never really recovered from that. And I could agree on that. They've never really recovered from that. But it's just, like, it's everything. It is, like, they have not gotten lucky. There was a few calls yesterday. Not showing the bulldog of just saying, or, or, or one in particular, I'm thinking of, of the idea that you know, the Pagulas got lucky with McDermott and Bean. They did. I mean, Very they, lucky. They hired Rex Ryan initially, and you know that was a tire fire. That was a disaster. And they got lucky with McDermott and Bean and essentially became very hands off of the Bills and let them do everything they needed to do and figured it out. You talk about just whiff after whiff after whiff, unlucky decision after unlucky decision. That is the Sabers. Even if you want to go as you know as so far like just unlucky in the sense that you know the lotteries they've won have not been for Connor McDavid. They've been for Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. Yes. And while like yeah, Edmonton also did get Leon Dreisaitl. And while Sam Reinhardt's really you know turned into a very very good player, did not get goal number forty last night. By the way, which I take as a huge win, even though I shouldn't. I. I how much does Connor McDavid really fix this franchise in terms of like how it's run day to day? I don't know if it's that much. He still hasn't won a cup in Edmonton, and Edmonton's run terribly, so it's not like he's the you know the fix all kind of guy. But I joke with Jeremy just as they were leaving of just like yeah, kind of like their worst decision was like everything with Eichel. 
from the fact that Larson took the opening face off against McDavid, you know, when it should be a big moment of fans of you're seeing the Canadian guy versus the American guy on the American team and the Canadian team, and they're one two, and it's amazing. No, we're going to throw Larson out there to how the surgery was handled, to trading away his, you know, one of his better friends who's a really good influence on him. Like, everything. Yeah. Everything. Even is so far, and for me, just it, it's. It's a little thing, but it's always the one I come back to. You heard me you say to our boss yesterday, too, of just, like, making Eichel captain when they did. Yeah, he's too young. He was not ready for that he responsibility. Was, he was way too young. And to yeah. be fair, he doesn't have the right temperament or personality for it. And no. that's fine. It's not a bad thing to admit that, like, yeah, you're just a really talented hockey player. Be that. Just be really good. They they botched all of it. Like, that's where, like, and, and, I, and I can fully understand people saying the tank was the worst thing. The Sabers ever did because it it incentivized losing. They tore down a roster that maybe could have kept going for a little bit longer. They could have retooled it on the fly, what have you, and, and that was the worst thing. For me, the worst thing has been how they've handled the post tank. They got the one two. They they knew that they were going to get one of Jack Eichel or Conor McDavid. They got Eichel, and after that, they botched it. I will tell you, man, when they traded for Ryan O'Reilly, I, the depth was not great, you know, on that team. But I felt so good about that team going forward. I was so excited. And then just everything after that and how they handled it was just so was just bad. It was just bad, bad, bad. And we've never really recovered. And now we're at a point. Is Tate Thompson even on this roster anymore? That's the thing. And I saw a post this morning, right? Unfortunately. Yep. It was Unfortunately. In, it, it was in the arms of the Angels in a black and white photo of Tate Thompson. And it's like where is this guy missing? He's on a milk carton, right? You, you don't yeah. know where you don't know where he is. You don't know where and he is. You, he went from breaking out into he had two seasons with forty plus goals, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken on that, the past two now. seasons he kind of broke he broke out. He mm-hmm. was Tage Thompson fishing in the dark was playing in KeyBank regularly. Like this season, he had the best statistical season since like guys in the nineties. Yes, exactly. And you were like, okay, this is where the future of him. In the future, he's the future of this team. He did not get 40 goals in 21 22, 38 goals and 30 assists. And then the breakout season last year, 47 and 47 for 94 points. Gotcha. Okay. So he was hovering around 40 we're not even other at, years. We're not even at 30 points yet. No, no, we're not. And that's the problem. You're seeing regression from guys you shouldn't see regression from. And that's where, that's where people are kind of coming for Granado a little bit, mm-hmm. thinking coaching might have something to do with this, right? The way they're playing the game. Dylan Cousins has regressed from last season. Rasmus Dahlin has regressed from last season. Yep. There is a lot of regression happening with guys that should not be regressing. Like, that's the that's the issue. And that's why now you're thinking to yourself, is Don Granado the coach that's going to take the Sabres to the playoffs? And, and, to and the I promised think, yeah. land is out of the question now yeah, because that's not yeah. happening, right? But is he the is he the coach that's going to take him to the playoffs? You thought last season they were one point out, literally one point out. If they didn't drop eight games in a row in November, they would have been in. But no, they dropped eight games in a row in November, and they missed by one point. They're going to be multi- like way out of the playoffs. I know mathematically it's still possible. They hang- they hung on to that 2% for a long time last year. Yeah, they but, did. Yeah, but they did. mathematically it's possible this season. I, I We talked to Paul Hamilton yesterday. I still, I, I'm with him. I don't see it. I don't see a playoff berth coming. 
for the Buffalo Sabres. No, and, and, and it starts with stuff like last night where, I mean, we joked that, like, you just knew they were going to lose. We joked that they, you know, they went on their two-game win streak, whatever. You know, if they, they won 7 to nothing in a big, big way against and the Kings. And you just knew it meant nothing. You knew they were going to lose 2-1 to one or 2 to nothing. And that's where like, it, that's was, it. it was heartbreaking to hear, like, Jordan Greenway on the post game after yeah. after that L.A. game talk about, like, yeah, like, it's a confidence builder, and, like, if we play this way, like, we can, we can go on wins. And the next game... They don't best, play that way. Their best offensive players, Peyton Krebs, and it's like, and that's where I can understand if people are saying it's not just Granado, it's the players as well. I mean, you can only say so many times, like, oh well, they're injured. You know, they're playing. This guy's playing hurt. This guy's, but hockey players play hurt all the time. It seems like, and they still produce. And like, it's just it, like I'm just looking at Tage Thompson's stats as we brought that up. I like, I'm just, I'm jarred by it. He has oh, yeah. his, you're, he has his you're diving deep now. <laughs> oh, it's hurting. It, it, like in 2020 or 2021-22, that season when he's 24 years old, 38 goals. That's yeah. Granado's first full season, and you're like, oh, we wow. got it. Like this, yeah. this Tage Thompson guy almost scored 40 goals. Is amazing. He played 78 games, so if he played all 82, like maybe we've got a 40 goal score. That's amazing. We want to see his assist numbers go up, but he's a 68 point guy, and he gets a contract. And you're like, okay, like they see Tage Thompson as a future guy, and you can understand he's kind of a physical freak. There's not many guys in the NHL like him. Last season is the full breakout. In 78 games played, 47 goals, 47 assists for 94 points. There was a point there early in the season, or in even in the midpoint of the season, you thought he was going to be a 100-point player. You thought he was maybe going to get heart votes, especially if they made the playoffs. Right. And then this year. I mean, it's, it, he's never... Never looked right. He's not going to get close to the goal totals he had in the years past. In 43 games now played, he has 15. And he's had two points, I think, in the last 11 games, 10 games. Disgusting numbers. That's supposed to be, like, your offensive dynamo. And again, last night against Florida, a team that, relatively speaking, those two teams hate each other. He's a a no-show, non-factor. Skinner, a non-factor. Your best offensive player is Peyton Krebs, who, no disrespect to him, it's not his game. He's supposed to be your third, fourth line center. A kind of guy that just goes in there and kind of figures it out. A little scrappy. Right. You know, he'll have like a goal or an assist every few games that you kind of get excited about. You're like, oh, that's a young guy. But like, it's nothing fantastic this season. It's it's short, far far short of fantastic from the Sabers and, and man, Tage and like, all those I just, guys. I can't, like this is this is this whole season has been either unbelievable by the players, just unbelievable. Where now I am questioning all of you going forward, or it's true and honest malpractice by the coaching. Because even now I pull up Dylan Cousins' stats. He had 31 goals last year, broke out, and he kind of looked like the guy that was coming. Where it's like, all right, here we go, because he was 21 years old last year. Right, it was he, his he time. was the veteran on on the, the kid line, the kid line, the lost boys line, as yeah. I like to call it. Yeah, so he, like he's the old guy, 21 years old on that line. Like, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Nope, he's got 10 goals this year. Yeah, they, when I say regressed, we're back to co- full drought mode. Sabers, like it's not yeah. even. There's no hope. Like there, that's where it is. It, that's that's exactly. It feels like there's no hope because mm-hmm. even after a seven nothing win. Everyone knew. Everybody knew going into it. It didn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. They were going to lose the next game. We played meaningful Nobody... games in March for one season. Yeah, That's for it. one season. It was mm-hmm. a, it was a blast. Yeah, had so much fun doing so. We lived the prophecy of Botterill. We oh, played man. meaningful games in March, and then nope. <laughs> and then like, we're out. We're out. We're done. And 
I'm just I'm I, I'm looking ahead at the schedule as well. Like they've got Minnesota on Saturday, a team that's like relatively speaking wins loss around the same as you. You have Anaheim on Monday. You should win those games. You should, but am I confident they will? No, no, not the slightest. What did I say yesterday? They were going to lose two of the next three. Yep, we're already down to one. Uh, I think they might even lose three, and they might lose three because mm-hmm. yeah. I just I can't imagine too. Like a, a lot of these guys too has to be. Let's just wrap the season up and, and get to next year. I, I and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, not understand that. I I okay. I I as I mentioned, I went to the Stars game, right? Mm-hmm. When I saw Akposo on the top line, in my seat, I may or may not have screamed, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, you know what works. Do you not? Do you know what works? Mm-hmm. Like, as the coach, I get it. You want to experiment. Experimenting's for your first year on the job in March when you're not making the playoffs. Yeah. Like, you did. You moved everyone around and figured everyone out. And I was, people were going at him for experimenting. And I'm like, okay, I'm all for this. We're not going anywhere. We're not going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's fine. That's when you do this. Yeah. You don't do this when you're trying to make the playoffs in your third year before your contract extension begins as a coach where you can easily just be cut. You know what and, I mean? And that when Paul brought that up yesterday, it that, became very clear. It, yeah. Yeah, for me I was like, "Oh." Mm-hmm. Cuz before that it was kind of like, "Well, yeah, they signed Granato to extension. I can maybe understand where it's a little bit difficult to then cut him loose." But now I'm like, "Are they kind of just waiting for the season to end and like see who's on the market?" Maybe. I think that might be where they're at because instead I, of instead of like rolling out like uh, Matty Ellis to to be the assistant, yeah. to be the, the interim head coach. Well, that's the thing. Let's let's just cut Granado loose at the end of the season when we inevitably don't make the playoffs again, and then they go get somebody that's maybe more established. And that's my thing too. You have a young team, but I do think there is there is credibility in the saying of like Granado was really good at boosting these guys' egos, mm-hmm. but they need somebody to come in that will kind of threaten their jobs. That will, that will kind of, like, like okay, mm-hmm. I'm not the fun uncle, I'm dad. Yeah. And this is how we're going to do things. I've been to the playoffs, or I've done this. Like, I, and this is the thing, too. Where's the credibility on the Sabres? No one here has made the playoffs except for Kyle Oposo, like, 20 years ago mm-hmm. on the Islanders. Right. Exactly. Like, he didn't even make it with the Sabres. No one in the organization has has gone on, on a serious playoff run in a serious piece. They had that initially with Dan Bilesmo when they brought him in years ago when he was with Pittsburgh. They had that. And that failed, and since then, they've only brought in experiments in Ralph Kruger, young upcomers, but also, you know, he's a legend, Phil Housley, mm-hmm. and Granado, because when they fired Kruger, he was so radically different, it was fun. My problem now with Granado has been, in all seriousness, like, maybe he can't get these guys up every single night, and that's ridiculous. But what happened to the run-and-gun style? That's what, what I've been asking. What happened to the style that was working? Yeah. All you were missing was a few solid defensemen to allow your forwards to really push up and also not expect them to always come down, mm-hmm. and good goaltending. But you're effectively – here's here's what I think is happening. Their defense has always been slower, a little subpar to the offense, right? That's oh, yeah. how it has been. Oh, yeah. They're trying to cater to that defense now. I, I think aggressively so aggressively yeah. so to the point where they're like, all right, we're abandoning what got us one point away from the playoffs last our, year. Our dream is to be the Islanders, right? And that's not that's not your identity as a team. You're you're abandoning your identity, and it's at the point now where you're like, you did you did what you did against the uh, the Kings mm-hmm. because you played that they, way. They were passing so much. There were there were clear lanes. The defensemen everywhere. were playing offense. That's yeah. what happened, right? And, and that's my thing too is like the Sabers are becoming the clear like the picture in the dictionary of yet 
shooting pucks at the net just willy nilly does not work. Like no. that's the, the the Sabers. Well, they didn't. They haven't. How, how yeah. many true danger chances have they had in this little run here where they keep putting up forty shots? Not many. Mm-mm. Look, Ottinger's a very very good, if not the best goaltender in the NHL for the Dallas Stars. Great, but you're going up against Florida's backup last night. Yeah. Like, and and you're making them all all look like Vesna winning guys. Mm-hmm. Florida's backup puts up forty five saves in a shutout. Are you kidding me? And this is not the first time. But this team looks so uncomfortable in what they're doing. They look completely confused almost all the time. Must be nice to have depth like the Panthers, huh? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Vegas is the dream. I'm sorry. Where Jack Eichel ended up is the dream. Mm -hmm. The depth they have in every position, every line can contend with any other team's line. And the willingness to make big moves. Yes. I'm sorry. And and I know Vegas, to a lot of people, is the villain. But I have loved Vegas' ruthless aggression to be good. They, they know what identity. they're doing. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. their their identity is. We tasted the cup our first year, and it literally made us insane. Like that's Vegas's identity. They were willing to move heaven and earth to win a cup, even if it pissed off every other team in the NHL. Wonderful. Now they have an identity for the rest of their lives. They are Las Vegas. They are the Golden Knights. The Sabers' identity is everyone doesn't want to go to you. You have. Flashes in the pan that mean absolutely nothing. Skinner's 40-goal season from a number of years ago. It's endgame win streak. Now apparently Tage Thompson 90-plus point season. Yeah. It all is meaningless because it never does anything and it's never sustained. Yeah. Like, I remember, listen, I haven't bought an NHL video game since NHL 12. Nice. Right? That's a good run right there for and you. That I, I bought one when the Sabres did all right last season, right, for the first time. I'm playing with this year's team. Because you were brought back. I was brought you back. You were brought back. I was brought back. I do have to, we we do have a quick connection with a fan real quick though. Todd mm-hmm. Granado has to go. Adams has to go. Blow it all up. This is ridiculous already. That's on Twitter or X. Sorry, still it's a, have it's a, it's a post on X. It's a post on X. Yes, oh, it's a, it's a tweet on X. Listen, I think Todd's spot on. Todd's I think spot, Todd's on. spot on. Here's the thing though, I got I got nothing from Adams's appearance on GR earlier this week on Tuesday with Sean Bullock. I li- mm-hmm. literally I got nothing from it. See, I, I got him, he's speaking to the owner, yeah. trying to save his job by saying the owner, oh, he's super engaged. We're texting about, you know, the bean pot and college players and all this stuff. Personally, I don't want my owner involved. Sign the checks. You're not a hockey person, you're not a football person. You're the owner. That's it. And then with even with Adams as well, are you going to do anything? The season was lost in November, and we're just sitting here. Mm-hmm. Their move they made was what Eric Robinson mm-hmm. for a seventh. Is that what it was? Yeah. No. In the first real season, you've had honest to god expectations. Jack Quinn gets hurt in the off season before or during the draft. I can't remember if it was right before the first round. I think it was right before. It was right before, yeah. like literally the day before. And they did nothing. Nothing. Nothing to fix it. Nothing. We left that as an open wound and didn't get it stitched up. Unfortunately, in the first season with expectations, and that's my thing too. Is I love what hockey and soccer do with their coaches, which is if it's not working, move on. Because there are guys in both sports that their whole thing is I get teams to the playoffs. I maybe don't win a cup or I maybe don't win a title. I get teams to the playoffs. I can build their identity. Then you go on to the next one if you have to, or they strike gold. Mm-hmm. The Sabers though have just done retread after retread of rookies of guys that don't really have a plan, are still trying to figure it out in the league. Or a soccer coach. Or a soccer coach. <laughs> that, oh, that's the I thing. I forgot about that as yes. I'm bringing up soccer. Ralph yeah. Kruger comes in as a snake oil salesman, has no idea what he's doing, ruins the team in a team that maybe was kind of going in the right direction, clearly had good young pieces because Granado comes in initially and it works. 
and it just it's the here's the thing okay maybe maybe i'm thinking like this because again we mentioned off air i'm in a ted lasso kick i always go into it really when the bills lose good. right it's, it's a great show He's not the coach. He technically didn't win it all with them, right? Before spoiler mm-hmm. alert, before he went back home to America, to Kansas. But he did build that culture and built it for the future, right? Mhm. And that was the whole premise of the the series. And he promoted a winning culture. Granado was doing that and then we just kind of fell off the face of the earth with that, but you need to go and get a veteran coach who's had seasoned years in the league that is like you said, going to make these guys fear for their jobs because at the end I, of the I day, like that's something that needs to happen. I don't think there's any accountability being held in that locker room. It's gonna it, no, like you said yesterday, they're getting passes. That's what's happening. Yeah, it, it, Paul said yesterday. They're Paul getting said passes. yesterday they're getting passes. Yes. and that's the thing is like Granado was great at coming in and telling the guys they're great and getting their confidence up, and now they're sitting here. No one's really fearing that they're going to get traded because apparently, even a guy who's been two guys who have been trade talk for it feels like forever, Victor Olofsson and Casey Middlestat. Still here. Mm-hmm. They're still here. Right. And no you know one... how much trade value Middlestad has? And Olafson did yeah. have at one point. Now yeah. he doesn't anymore. You wasted That's that opportunity. Gone. That's gone. Um, that you could have – you could – my thing with Adams, I do like Kevin Adams. I will say that as a GM. I think he did all right draft-wise. I, I think I that's love, his one thing. I love what he has done with the scouting department. Yes. That has been a huge improvement. He would be fine if they went and got a veteran goaltender, a vet, couple veteran defensemen in the offseason. I'm telling mm-hmm. you that right now. He wouldn't be on the hot seat. But, I think but Granado's the, more on the hot seat than Adams, yeah. though. I think Adams stays one more season in the offseason mm-hmm. if he doesn't do anything, but his contract gets extended then at the but same time man, as Granado's. Like, yeah. Their moves in the offseason, I remember me and Josh Schmidt were doing the effect we were doing a sports talk Saturday, but it was effectively NHL free agency show. And it came down that it was Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton were their first moves. And like Josh got a little excited about Eric Johnson because, you know, Former number one overall pick, whatever, and I'm just sitting there going, "There's a no name defenseman, realistically." Mm-hmm. Like, like Clifton sat the bench Eric, all of the end of the year for Boston. Yeah, and Johnson is—he's getting up there. He's well, yeah, he's he's 36, mm-hmm. and I would never call him a core piece to Colorado's cup runs. I would call no. him up east, mm-hmm. but not a core piece. He's that and, fringe guy that's helping yeah. them. In and again, ways, yeah. I just I wonder how serious of an organization the Sabers are if they're just content to be an NHL franchise compared to a winning NHL franchise. Got to take a quick time out here if you want to jump in on our conversation here with the Sabres. What has gone wrong? What needs to change? Love to hear your thoughts. 803-0550. On a more positive note, though, we also do want to kind of jump into the Bills. We know what the offseason needs are, and me and Joe kind of want to both give our feelings on what could, on how we feel for the next three years with the Bills as, of course, kind of this initial run with Allen is ending. Guys like Poyer, Hyde, maybe even Trey White, uh, look to be maybe having the end of their Bills careers. We look now towards the future. How are we feeling with that future, especially now with Kansas City kind of cementing themselves in a dynasty? Again, love to hear your thoughts. 803-0550 is the number to call. Zach Jones and Joe Kelly filling in here on the X Point Show. You're listening to WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Like, no, these guys are doing everything they can to score, and I know that I'm just going to do everything I can to get wins. So, I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're working so hard to score there, and they're very talented. I mean, we scored seven goals last game, and it's not like we're struggling to score. I just had a goalie played really good tonight. Stores was really good. Sabres goaltender Eric Comrie there. I, I think they are having trouble yeah, scoring. Yeah, aren't they struggling? Outside, outside of, like, one game, they are struggling to score. Yeah, I think. I, I get the sentiment. I do, too. Outside of one game, though, they're pretty struggling. They're hardcore struggling to score. I got to now bring this up. I got I got to pull up their last like five games. Yeah. Give me one second. I've got to. They're struggling to score. Listen, again, that loss isn't necessarily Comrie. He put up a decent performance last night. And All right, here two we of go. Them, one of them was an empty netter. So Florida, of course, they put up no goals. Los Angeles, we do know they put up seven against St. Louis. They put up one against Dallas. They put up one. Going back, San Jose, they put up five, and Los Angeles, they put up five again. Anaheim, they put up two, and Tampa Bay, they put up one. So recently, they are very much struggling to score. But let's not act like this hasn't been a problem all year. I mean, your leading goal scorer has 19 goals, and it's J.J. Paterka in his second year in the NHL. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing I here? remember going to Sabres games and like being able to hit yes on a bet that there would be a hat trick by the Sabres. Bulldogs done it all year, Last like a Tage Thompson hat trick. He, he has? somehow missed it all year. He's still doing that. I, th- I think he's still doing it. I gotta ask him. Yeah. I don't know if he still. He probably isn't still doing it now. But no, but it's still I, a joke that like early in the year he's putting on Tage Thompson hat trick on like a lot of games. I went did to. You, did you oh. also hear that? I don't, I don't know who was banging the drum. I can't remember. Jeremy was talking about this earlier, but you know how they usually bang the drum that just goes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It, did, it, it just went. That's good. That's good. Oh, God. Good. I, it was, it was Sabres alumni base, I heard. And I was just like, it It reminded me of the Drew Bledsoe. Oh, oh, oh. He did. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's gr- good stuff. That's even, that's gross to hear in my ears right now. But Oh, man. How do you mess up Let's Go Buffalo? Yeah, that's painful. I feel like that's a universal sports chant. It is. Like that, that, be- that rhythm on that. Yeah. Like that's like you put anything in that, but we just put Buffalo in it. Make it work. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Time now to move on to a more positive topic. Thank you. Thank you. And and that even is kind of objective because I Season's would, over. It, well, season's <laughs> over. They didn't win the Super Bowl again, and there's a lot of change coming the Bills' way. Mm-hmm. Looking now, I got their spot track up. There are 2024 free agents we know of. Micah Hyde, Daquan Jones, Leonard Floyd, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, Tyler Maticavich, Puna Ford, Dane Jackson, Tyrell Dotson, Taylor Rapp, Trent Sherfield, David Edwards, Damian Harris, Linval Joseph, A.J. Epinesa, Shaq Lawson, Latavius Murray, Kyle Allen, Cam Lewis, Ty Johnson, Gabriel Davis, and Quentin Morris. They are all UFAs outside of Quentin Morris. 
I think you let 85% of them walk, too. I think so, too. Mm -hmm. Quentin Morris, by the way, is an exclusive restricted free agent. But I guess the thing is, I think you're letting a lot of these guys walk. Including Gabe. Including a couple others, I would say. Even, I'm I'm kind of out. This is tough to look at. It truly is. Uh Because there are a lot of guys on here that have been on the team for a long, serious amount of time. A right? long time. Like they I'm, put I in mean, years to build the team up. And... Even even Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis has iconic moments for for a lot of Bills fans. I would even say his first playoff game against the Colts. I jinxed him. It's Did, all my fault. You bought I'll a jersey, take, didn't I'll, you? Nope. I'll take responsibility for it. I went to the Micah Hyde softball tournament. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember the year the little kid had his football stolen from him two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was standing right next to that little kid and watched, I didn't watch it happen, but I saw the little kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I saw all, I, I, I heard it in my ear and turn around and there was panic. Anyway, there's panic. as that was happening, you know, you let the kids go first. That's how it goes. Of course. But, you know, I, it was before I worked here, still more of the fan, I should say. Mm-hmm. Right. Went down to the gate. Gabe Davis was right there. I had my bills, Super Bowl Rose Bowl hat on, which mm-hmm. I no longer wear. I got Poyer, Epinesa and Gabe Davis. Mm hmm. I say to Gabe Davis, we're gonna get four every game, right, Gabe? Oh boy. I did it. And it's he's you. like he's like, Yeah, he's like, Yeah, I'll try my best. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> no, like kinda laughing, you know what I mean? But I would I would love for an athlete that just gives like the most I wanna say out of pocket answer, but like just no. like the answer that really does catch you by surprise where you're like, Gabe, you're gonna get four like all the time, right? And he just goes, Absolutely. Like, <laughs> no question. Yeah, but I I'll take responsibility for the Gabe Davis train derailing. Sorry, right. so. I I bought a jersey and so right. did Josh. So Did you? Yeah. Yeah, my my uh one of my roommates has a jersey signed by him hanging up. And I think it's just everyone hopped on the train so quick and didn't realize that it was uh hmm. Try to go with metaphor there. He didn't have it, but the train derailed. That's yeah. what that's. The, the, it was a flash in the pan. Yeah. I mean, again, he's not a bad receiver by any means. No, he can go be serviceful on a team, but he could not fill that Emmanuel Sanders, John Brown role that mm-hmm. they tried to force him into. That's and, just and, what that's, and that's what they forced mm-hmm. him into. But you even look at it too. Of just like, funny enough, they're they're going to need another running back too. You look at guys yeah. like Damian Harris. But here's the question. Javis Murray and Ty Johnson all are going to be UFAs. You are getting Naheem Hines back. That's what I was just going to say. I, I think he also posted he's doing all right. Recovery. Mm-hmm. I saw a photo good. of the, the scar. So he's he said six months out and all that. There and we go. Feeling good. That'd be great if he comes back and is decent, Naheem Hines. Because I think you can really work him into the passing game, too, like you did with James Cook. And, you know. and that's something I'm mm-hmm. excited, too, is because you saw Brady come in, and that did become a thing. Mm-hmm. This is why we even know who Ty Johnson is. Yes. Is that, like, well, you know, he you was d- getting the running backs involved in the passing game yeah. because they didn't have the receivers to throw to. Right. And, like, it it was kind of interesting. You're like, all right, okay, like, this this could be an aspect of the offense. I mean, now we are sitting here going, all right, we need wide receivers, though. Right. And but you do have the running backs at yeah. the end of the day. And, you know, James Cook, one of his hot draft highlights, deep passes. Mm-hmm. Ken Dorsey didn't touch that with him no. at all. He didn't even try it. And, I, I will. Say I mean, though, when he can catch the ball, yeah. like, that's the big thing, right? And, that's that's my fears. I'm like, uh, he just he had a big drop. Like it seemed like every game on that run there. Yeah, some of them it was fine because they would score either later on the drive or they would score later. But there were a few times where he had an open touchdown and he just drops, and that that was frustrating because you you draft him in the second round almost solely because of that. It can't be a thing, but you know. <laughs> I, I I like that they're getting younger, man. I really do. Like that was a thing that, that really that really caught me. I don't want to say off guard, but it was something that stuck with me. When I'm watching the Super Bowl and they go through the Chiefs average age on defense for the last two years. It was twenty four years old last year, it was twenty five years old this year. And that's on the defensive side of the ball. But for me it is kind of like, okay, 
Like, I still like everyone they have. We talk about it all the time. As long as they have Josh Allen, they'll be fine. I think as well, I've gotten to a point, too, and I'd love to hear other people's thoughts. 803-0550 on this. I've watched, like, every coach in the NFL make truly atrocious decisions in this playoff run. I mean, truly atrocious decisions. I don't feel as bad about McDermott as I did a few months ago. I Truly, I'm at a point now, I think Andy Reid might be the greatest coach of all time. Am I really that upset that Sean McDermott isn't number two or number one on that list? Am I really going to be that upset? Because now I'm sitting here, man. And, and honestly, who, who are you going to get that's better? There really isn't anyone out there that's pro- – uh, I mean, you have a few everyone guys says Belichick, won. but you're like, sure. no way. Yeah. I, I wouldn't let him touch the NFL team with now, a 10-foot pole. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The NFL itself is basically like, I'm not doing anything. And Mike Giardi yesterday, who's covered the, the Patriots for years, talked about how awkward it was in his last game with New England about how like, there was basically no fans there. The Crafts really didn't do a ton there. It was very it was very awkward. It was very uncomfortable. Well, because the world finally saw that he didn't make Brady. Yeah, Brady his garbage attitude yeah. to like win games really wasn't much. It was more Brady was amazing. And he was a coach in himself while being a quarterback. Yeah. Like, that's that's what he did in Tampa. Bruce Arians was basically hands-off. Laissez-faire football. That's yeah. what he was playing over there. So. That's what they were. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I walked away from this season. I'm like, okay, Harbaugh. What the hell was that offensive game plan against Kansas City? You just uh, decided to do nothing that worked for you this year. Yeah. Spectacular. Shanahan. <laughs> Shanahan is just on an Andy Reid run. He's just in the early Eagles years in a mm-hmm. bad NFC, so he keeps getting to the Super Bowl. But, I mean, like you're looking at a guy there. You want to talk about bad game management. You know and you're he, getting the ball back in overtime, and you, you still you do that. Not even just that. Brock Purdy's your quarterback, and your decision is we're going to throw it 40 times, even though we have Chris McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, and the running game is working because the Chiefs can't stop it? And, yeah, that was their whole – that's why they were leading going in, going into the half, if I recall. That's when they were leading. It and was I'm just, just – like, So I'm sitting there. I'm watching all these coaches. And, look, I have my issues with McDermott. Don't get me wrong. But I really am asking myself, how many coaches are actually better? Let's start an argument. Maybe Matt LaFleur for Green Bay. Maybe. For what he did with with Jordan Love and a very very young team this year, and they, you know they get an upset win over Dallas, maybe. Let's look at another coach who does have a Super Bowl, Mike McCarthy. Are we really going to say McCarthy's better than McDermott? No, because I don't think a he's soul. Tanked. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I don't think a soul on this earth would say McCarthy's better than McDermott. Do you remember Even the game John against Harbaugh. San Francisco a couple years ago when he just oh. couldn't kneel the ball? Like the oh, clock boy. management was just atrocious. It was yeah, that it was, was bad. That was special. That, that was iconic. That was the Mike McCarthy special. Yeah. That's the best you're getting that from him. That was beautiful. But like even John Harbaugh, let's look at his Super Bowl that he got. It took an historic run by Joe Flacco, a quarterback no one expected that from. They had a still solid defense, and they still got lucky. The Jacoby Jones touchdown against Denver is a miraculous touchdown. It should not have happened. That's how they win that game. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of luck. It's it's hoping you get a chance to go do it. That's what a lot of football is that a lot of people don't mention. There's a there's a big stat that's left out of the numbers, and that's luck. Which is luck. Yeah. yeah. You can't measure it. You no. have no idea what it is, and it's a thing. MVS may or may not catch a ball. It's lucky if he does. You know, like that kind yeah. of stuff. Like it's also it's also you know luck comes into like the Bills are relatively healthy this year, except for in crucial positions. Mm-hmm. Matt Milano goes down. Trey White goes down. They lost Daquan Jones for much of the year. Allen they gets the lose, shoulder stinger. Yep. Mm-hmm. They lose Terrell Bernard right in the playoffs as they're coming up in a matchup that they desperately need him in. Taylor Rapp as well. You lose safety depth. Like it's just yep. it's it. You lost a lot. 
in when you needed it. Like you said, those positions. Those yeah, they were relatively healthy. I mean, their O line was healthy all year. Well, that's the best O line they've had, so I'm very happy about that. Yeah, but 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 it was at crucial positions. It's just it, luck is, is a huge thing in it. And then you have to be talented. Mm-hmm. I think as well, it's something that I've kind of come to terms with. They're not as talented as the Kansas City Chiefs. I no. cannot tell you that the Bills have four or five Hall of Famers on their roster right now. I can tell you Kansas City absolutely does. Imagine if Tyreek was still on that team. I know. I know. And like, that's no, one, no one would stop them. I'm sorry. No one would. Yeah, you, you, they maybe don't get Chris Jones' deal done, but that offense is still as freaky as ever. You're just, you've got to outscore them, and you can't when yeah. they have that, that many guys. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's a painful realization, but now it is kind of like, okay, get young and get them when they're on the downswing. Mm-hmm. And I think you can because you have Allen at quarterback and you have a coach McDermott who routinely puts up very good defensive performances. Yes, the playoff ones are painful. They're not good. Also had really bad injuries in key spots. But here's the thing. When they play Kansas City and play those guys. No, they play well. They, they're the ones that look like if they beat Kansas City, they would have run the through. Like, that's, that's, the, like you, that's the difficult You part. just can't get over. You always, before the AFC Championship, minus one time, you come in contact with Kansas City. Yeah. And technically, you didn't with... Oh, in 2020, 20, we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But Kansas City or Cincinnati last season, two seasons ago now, mm-hmm. but just gross. Like, yeah. you, you can't get over that one person. It's, it's tough. It's, yeah. it's very, very tough. Love to hear your thoughts. 803-0550. Where are you at with the Bills following this season? Do you think they can get over the hump with Kansas City? Do they have to wait a few years? I'm excited for them to potentially get younger for a kind of new generation to come through. Again, love to hear your thoughts. 803-0550 is the number to call. Zach Jones, Joe Kelly, hanging out with you for about another hour and 15 minutes here on the Extra Point Show. You're listening to WGR. Contest time. Be call number five at 716-221-4WGR. That's 716-221-4947 to win a pair of tickets to see Dirks Bentley at Darien Lake on July 20th. Tickets courtesy of Live Nation. Good luck. What was I thinking? I know. That's a song I could see like in a movie someone... Hammering the clutch and shifting gear on a tractor trailer, you know, uh-huh. like Smokey and the Bandit kind yep. of vibe, you know? Having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it's time now to get connected to our fans. Brought to you by Northtown Kia. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. We'll go to, I'm, I'm going to call it Twitter. I'm not, I'm never going to call it Well, this. the URL still says Twitter, so you're okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Todd tweets in, I think that Daquan Jones should be a priority resigning. Hopefully, rap will come cheap as well. Need to work on the offense, though. Weapons, weapons, weapons. And I could not agree more. Daquan mm-hmm. Jones was huge. Yeah. For the defensive line, and it was a big—he was a big injury. I mean, we, we were talking about it. he was a huge injury for even coming back. He he came back yeah. very serviceable yep. off a torn pec, and that's huge for a, a D lineman. Like yeah. you, you're constantly using that. So um, that's what Linval Joseph came in to do, and he did a great job, serviceable, mm-hmm. filling in. Yep, for sure. But he's not the one you keep around. It's Daquan you keep around for sure. Daquan, and mm-hmm. then I do agree. Rap, you want to bring back really just because he was kind of brought in. It felt like. To be the replacement. As, like, we're signing you to a one-year deal, but it's likely going to transition. Or the, the the thought process was it would go then into a long-term, okay, you're going to be the replacement for Hyde and, or one of Hyde and Poyer to move forward. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of willing, again, because I want to get younger, I'm willing to kind of bite the bullet on a rougher season on defense. I think with McDermott and Babbage still there, it's never going to be a bad defense. But I'm willing to kind of, uh, it stings a little bit this year. To prioritize offense again. You got Kincaid and Osiris Torrance last year. Those both hit. 
Now you desperately need help at wide receiver. And again, you have 10 picks in this draft class, or you're going to once the compensatory picks come out. And you'll be able to add... The train. Yeah, I mean, PFF put out the most mocked receiver or mocked player to the Bills has been Oregon wide receiver Troy Franklin. Really? Another guy that's always been mocked to the Bills really since this process has started has been LSU wide receiver Brian Thomas Jr. Yeah, that's A lot of people are starting to kind of come under the impression, and I've been there really since the start, that because of how talented the wide receiver class is, they only have like four or five guys taken in round one because everyone knows rounds two and three are going to be stock full Mm -hmm. of guys who can contribute day one. And that'll allow you to get a very yeah. serviceable, like right away, fit him into the scheme wide receiver. Boom. And then in round two, maybe go get a defensive tackle who can come in and, all right, you're good. You're solid. Mm-hmm. Or a safety. Good. Solid. Well, look at what they did with Osiris Torrance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, he was a pick you could have. I, a lot of people had them taking Torrance first overall. The I first did. Pick. That was my thing. Is uh, I it, did as well. Like I, that was it was not my final mock draft. I actually had Michael Mayer going to the Bills in yes. my final mock draft, mm-hmm. so I nailed the position. You nailed tight end. Yeah. The wrong guy. Mm-hmm. But I was big on Torrance most of the off season of like he would have been a great first round. I loved their draft last year. I, if, if people can't tell in my voice, I was a big fan of the draft last year. It was year great mm-hmm. because even I, like people didn't like Kincaid at first yeah. tight end in round one, mm-hmm. but. He's basically a big Beasley slot receiver. That's yeah. what he is. And mm-hmm. once they got him going, really once Knox went down, once they mm-hmm. got him going, it really he, he flourished and you could see the design that they were scheming up for him. I'm I'm all for it. We got to take another quick timeout. I've posted this on Twitter. Would love to hear your thoughts cuz I've come away from this season I think higher on McDermott than I have been in a long time. And it, and it was. Outside of Andy Reid, what coach is actually an upgrade over Sean McDermott? Again, would love to hear your thoughts. 803-0550. Got a few responses already. We'll get to those after a quick timeout. You're listening to The X Point Show. This is WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Recovered by Gabby Marshall. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? Iowa's Caitlin Clark, a star in women's college basketball, and again with that forty-foot three-pointer. That's insane. That's but that I oh man like that's storybook because that's how she should have broken the record because she is such a sharpshooter mm-hmm. that it has to be just this absurd. What do you do? No, 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 no. Yes, yeah. there it is. Error ball. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that night. No oh, man, it's it's amazing. That put her over. Uh, excuse me. That um that put her at three thousand five hundred sixty nine points. Or no, excuse me. Uh, that put her over the three thousand six hundred forty nine points she had to score. She's now the all time leading scorer in women's college basketball, and she is a star. And, and I mean, she could I, play I remember, another year at Iowa. I think. I th- no, this is her senior year. Oh, this I is th- her senior year. I thought that she had another. She was the one year. chirping with uh, Angel oh, she Reese might because last year. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She might because of COVID, but I think this will probably be it. But, I mean, I remember I watched the national championship for that reason of, like, I knew Caitlin Clark was awesome, and I was like, I got to watch it. Because she kind of has a little bit of, like, what Steph Curry did for the NBA and college basketball when he was at Davidson of just, like, 
dunks kind of became overrated like no one really cared anymore and it did become like the wizard type three pointers mm-hmm. and it's it's just been a blast she's a ton of fun to watch and like i mean that's like for our generation like the dunk contest is whatever yeah show me the guy that you know goes on a run or, or, or girl that goes on a run and hits like nine threes in a row like that's what i care about like that's that's the electric factory I posted the question on Twitter outside of Andy Reid. What coach is actually an upgrade over Sean McDermott? And it's time now to get connected to our fans. Brought to you by Northtown Kia. Shop online at northtownkia.com. Some responses on that. It's going to be on Twitter. We've got a few here. <laughs> Let's go to Ben. He says Shanahan, McVeigh, Steichen, Zach Taylor, Peterson, Stefanski, O'Connell, Lafleur, Campbell, Peyton, and Jim Harbaugh. I think half of those are solely because they're offensive guys. Doug Peterson is actively hurting Jacksonville. Very much so. They yeah. were one of the best, or at least had one of the better records in the NFL, and completely fell off a cliff. And in Philadelphia, he had one pretty darn solid year. Again, got really lucky when Nick Foles got hot. And when he lost Frank Reich, that completely collapsed in on itself. So let's not run to Doug Peterson because he won a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan? No, I don't want Shanahan anymore. What are we doing in these big games? He's taking advantage of a terrible NFC and getting a Super Bowls and getting run over by the AFC. Why would that all of a sudden like work because he has Josh Allen? I don't think he likes quarterbacks like Allen and Mahomes. I don't think he knows how to work with them. That's why he keeps going back to, we hear rumors that he wants Kirk Cousins, that he wanted to draft Mac Jones, that he goes to Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think he works with the Pills at all. I don't think he works with Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Sean McVay is somebody I would. Sean McVay is genuinely somebody I would. I think his offense would fit Allen incredibly well. And I think he has shown that in big games, he is very good. He is a very good... I, I don't want to say game manager because it's not true because he can be kind of rough at that time at, at, at that stuff too. But he has shown that he is just very smart. He knows how to get his guys into good positions and he knows how to coach them up to be in very good positions. I mean, Jared Goff up until these last two years was only serviceable with McVay basically in his headset telling him exactly where to go. Right. So McVay, I can totally understand. Under, understand. Shane Steichen, a year? That's a, a single year in which he did not make the playoffs – that's what we're going off of? <laughs> really? But what is, he's offensive. So I mean, that's, like that's the draw. Listen, it, it's the And offense. I get it. I get it. But like, it's I think not I like Steichen for the fact that he was able to almost make the playoffs. I know almost make the playoffs, but he did it with a backup quarterback. He did. Garner Minshew. I, I, like, it. I like his offensive systems. I do, but it's a single year that he did not make the playoffs. Maybe yeah. give me a year It'd be year one thing if like the single year and it's like D'Amico Ryans, he wins a playoff game and everything like that. He, there's no way Ben is putting this here for anything other than he's an offensive guy and I like him a lot. As an offensive coordinator, the Eagles are, I have, did not recover from losing him. But... No. No. I just... Shane Steichen, maybe in a year or two, maybe, but not right now. Absolutely not. Zach Taylor, I'm still unsure of how I feel about Zach Taylor, to be perfectly honest. I found um, when um, their offensive coordinator, when blanking on his name, he now coaches with Tennessee. i got to look him up. Uh, Bill Callahan, I think it is, uh, or Brian Callahan. I, gotta look I feel like it's quick. Brian. I think it's Brian Callahan. <laughs> Give me one second. And yeah. that is Brian Callahan. Uh, when he got hired by Tennessee, he kind of openly said, like, well, Zach Taylor actually calls the plays. I didn't really do that, which was kind of a red flag for me for Tennessee even hiring him, but that's neither here nor there. Taylor's interesting. 
Uh, I think, though, a lot of it is they have truly elite pieces, and their defense has been amazing. And it wasn't this year when they lost their two safeties. So like that's going to be an interesting kind of look for the Bills. But they had Burrow, they had Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and then a solid defense. And even then, yeah, they got to a Super Bowl. They lost it. And it really wasn't. It was competitive, yes, they had a chance to win it, but it felt like the Rams were kind of running away with it until OBJ got hurt. And then the next year, they do make it to the AFC Championship game, and they lose to Kansas City. Yeah. So there's a little bit more on the resume there. But, but is it still better than McDermott? I was no. going to say, mm-hmm. in a lot of it, too, is, does anyone even give him any kind of credit? No. Taylor, no. It's kind of Burrow in the defense. Already talked about Doug Peterson. Well, Taylor also, I just want to point out, with since he just ruined mm-hmm. ruined their season, by the way, with the way he handled Burrow's calf injury. Oh, yeah, that was rough. That was, like, you needed to take him out for five weeks mm-hmm. instead of trying to play him through yeah, it. Yeah, funny enough, Jamar Chase was spot on with that of, like, no, 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 just sit. Like, mm-hmm. w- like we'll get you back when you're healthy. Funny enough, he was spot on. They probably would have made the playoff, but then mm-hmm. again, it's a wrist injury that ended up yep. taking him out. But still, no matter what, if you when your player has an injury, just sit him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that's the moral of the story with that one. But yeah, Zach Taylor, I don't know. I don't really know. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, get out of here. Get out of here. Kevin I'm done Stefanski, with that. Yeah, get no. out of here. Mm-hmm. Look, great, great storyline that he was able to get there with five quarterbacks, the whole thing, and it was basically piecemeal together. That was all defense. Their defense carried them for much of the year, the entire and, season. And Flacco went on a heater that eventually fell apart. Right. Are we going to give Kevin Stefanski the credit there? Of throwing back-to-back pick sixes in the playoffs? Yeah, I, because like, we can. We can do that. And then he should not be on this list. Yeah. It's just... Kevin Stefanski, no. And again, you're going to get to a point, too. Like They had to go They had to go in a heater because Nick Chubb got hurt. They would not throw that ball nearly as much as they did. They mm-hmm. just wouldn't have. They needed to. No. Kevin Stefanski, no. Kevin O'Connell, I think is interesting. I'd like to see what he can do with a young quarterback with the Vikings. No. LaFleur is somebody, yes, I, I kind of am, am there. I really, really liked what LaFleur's done. He's not going anywhere, though. With a young though. Green Bay team. Well, mm-hmm. no, and, and, and yeah. again, this is just more, Yeah. if you had your pickings outside Andy Reid, who would you like? Right. Dan Campbell. Are we sure it's not just Ben Johnson? I like what Campbell's built, but are we sure Biting it's not just Ben Johnson? Biting people's kneecaps. we got to watch it with him. But I, thought, mm-hmm. I like Dan Campbell. I do, too. I think he brings that fire to the team, yeah. and he's the reason... I mean, look at he's turned that franchise around. Right? Absolutely, like one hundred percent. But I'm sure on offense, it's not Ben Cam- uh, uh, Ben Johnson. Dan Campbell goes for it on fourth down. So does McDermott. Mm-hmm. Like his I, whole thing, Campbell goes for it more. Yeah. But McDermott's always been Mc- aggressive. He's still and, he, and yeah. he's gotten there where in big games he's no longer afraid to. That was his initial thing early on. Where look at the playoffs, he went for it a couple terrified. times this season. Now yeah. we're now we're fine. Sean Payton, enough. Hot take here, oh. but I could maybe an upgrade Dable. No, no. I don't no. I think Dable I runs too hot. I yeah. think Dable runs way he, too hot. He is a great offensive coordinator. I think him and McDermott, mm-hmm. whatever you know, whatever they they went through. They're clearly, that that handshake on the field after the Giants game, there was something. Yep. But Dable, I think, would be more of an enabler for the crazy Josh Allen. That you know what I'm saying? See, I don't think so. I think he'd be fine. Which that was Josh's best seasons is when Dable was his offensive coordinator. My fear is that he runs too hot. You saw it a number of times on the sideline Start last year, screaming, year freaking out, freaking mm-hmm. out. And I do wonder if like that just falls. I mean, they fell off a cliff this year. Made the playoffs last year, won a playoff game, and then immediately tailspin. I know that is a popular topic as well. Of like, would you have traded Dable for for McDermott and had Dable just take over? After this year, I'm not sure. Last year, we could have a conversation. This year. No, because I'm, I'm the, the Giants have completely reversed and gone reverse down course, the, and we have no idea where they're going. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Payton, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. 
Look at how he, Russell Wilson right now is probably in the worst place Den, in Denver, his career. Yeah, Denver mm-hmm. is is in no man's land, having no idea what to do. And even when he was in, with New Orleans, yes, he won the Super Bowl in 09. Never made it back again. Bounty Gate? Bounty Gate was a disaster. And after they win the Super Bowl, they go through a number of seasons of being 7-9 and garbage. Mm-hmm. Only to once they had that second iteration with Breeze, it's just horrifying playoff loss after horrifying playoff loss. Yeah, for Jerry. So, Goff like, if if, if you're upset, if you're upset with McDermott in the playoffs, you're just going to be as mad, but with Sean Payton. Like, yeah. it's it's going to be the same thing. And then Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh freaks me out. I I like, now that the Chargers have Harbaugh, it freaks me out. Well, I think he's actually going to produce a Justin Herbert that is up to its full potential. We'll see. Like we'll that's see. the crazy thing. But it freaks me out. I will say though, you've got to that's a shelf life. Even at Michigan, mm-hmm. there were talks of him and the AD not getting along, him and the president of the university not getting along. Yeah. Cuz he does what he wants at the end of the day. He does what he wants mm-hmm. and it was the same in San Francisco. There was a lot of tension there that eventually led to him leaving. You got like a 5-year, 6-year window there and you better hope it hits. Well, here's the thing. I think truthfully, they have so much talent on that team. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And it just Brandon Staley was mm-hmm. giving away games. He truly was. And yep. yeah, you didn't have Herbert because he broke his finger and a couple other things where he was out for a couple games. Right? Oh yeah, yep. But you haven't seen a quarterback be able to do what Allen does until Herbert kind of came on the scene. Yeah. You're like, okay, this is this is the the second coming, right? Mm-hmm. He's got that cannon of an arm, right? He's somewhat mobile. If you actually utilize it, like you know, I I assume Harbaugh would. But look at national championship for example with Harbaugh, right? Yeah, they threw ten times. Well, and this thing too, like, like Harbaugh, they did not throw. Harbaugh's systems typically are very run heavy. Yes, so I'm interested to see what they do with Herbert. There, it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, they're going to totally take Blake Corum in the draft, man. They're totally <laughs> going to do it because Eckler, Eckler's gone. There's no chance they're going to they're going to draft. He Blake had Corum. such a down year. There's no way they keep him yeah. around. They're yeah. going to mm-hmm. draft Blake Corum, and it's going to be hysterical. Mm-hmm. Vinny tweets in. I would take John Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan, I've already kind of talked about. Like you're just he's. I think he's a very good coach. I think he also gets in his head way too much. And you're kind of just asking for more problems. And I don't really think Allen fits his offensive system at all. I just want to point out, too, what's the Bills' record against him? I don't even know. What is it? Uh, I believe, well, they remember that one comeback game they won last year where Poyer picked off Jackson in the end zone? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yep. you thought they were losing that game. They won that one, and then they won in the divisional round. I don't know the other head-to-heads, but in oh, that's, recent, yeah, recent Harbaugh. That's Harbaugh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and, and then he also he has John Harbaugh here, which I will tell you, most of Baltimore wants him fired. Mm-hmm. They don't want really Harbaugh there anymore. That's kind of become a contentious topic. And again, let's go to the playoffs. They had the one seed again, and they completely reverted course when they played Kansas City. Yeah, they went to a completely, they went to a scheme that they didn't do at all. Yeah, they completely changed everything that they were. That's what you want. No. Oh, right. He won the Super Bowl in 2012, so he must be willing to do it again. Historic run by Joe Flacco. It takes a lot of luck. It takes a ton of luck. You have to be both good and kind of lucky to win a Super Bowl. It's 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 tough. It's it it's that's always painful to hear. But it's kind of what I, I I made mention of it in the, in the first hour. How many Hall of Famers do the Bills realistically have on their team right now? Realistically, one. Mm-hmm. It's Josh Allen, Von Miller. Yes, but he made his Hall of Fame career in Denver. In, in Denver, when in he single-handedly past. won a Super Bowl and things along Stephon those lines. Stephon Diggs yeah. is maybe heading towards there, but I would not say he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I just wouldn't. How many do the Chiefs have? Four, maybe five. I mean, Tyreek Hill's going to go to the Hall of Fame. They won a Super Bowl with him. Mm-hmm. 
Patrick Mahomes, without a doubt now. Travis Kelsey, the greatest receiving tight end of all time. He's going. Chris Jones, outside of Aaron Donald, is the best defensive tackle in football, and he has been for like five years. He's going. Andy Reid, we've had this talk now. He might be the best head coach of all time. Look at what he did with the Eagles and the Chiefs. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They win a Super Bowl with the Eagles, but he, I mean, he took those teams to the next level. Yeah. Because they were not nearly as talented as, you know, the Tampa Bay teams that they lost to in the NFC Championship. And he drafted both Kelsey brothers. Oh, wow, he did. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's right. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. And then he goes (laughs) to the Chiefs, and he makes them very competitive with Alex Smith. He made Alex Smith a 4,000-yard passer. Mm -hmm. Like, that alone, gold jacket, done. Don't even need to talk. Gold jacket. Yeah. And now he's won three Super Bowls with Pat Mahomes. With Patrick Mahomes. Company, yeah. Andy Reid is going into the Hall of Fame. And Steve Spagnuolo has won four championships as a coordinator. I don't care what he does as a coach. He's probably going. He has to. Because I mean, like, you kind of have to wash away the coach yeah. aspect of that. But he, he put it together when he needs to. And there's no other DC yeah. that's doing what he's doing. Sorry. And, and, it's just, not. and that's my thing. Is it, I think it's a tough conversation to have. But it's partially why I'm excited mm-hmm. to restart. Is because I think this team is drafting very well. I think they know how to develop. But they haven't drafted as well as the Chiefs. In, even before being in McDermott. Because Travis Kelsey was on there before those guys showed up, and he was great before Mahomes showed up. Yeah, and that's that's the painful part is that for me at least that's was that was the coming to the realization as close as you were to them. There's a reason why they're a dynasty. They've got four or five Hall of Famers on that roster alone, and I think even if the Bills won the Super Bowl this year or last year or even in 2021, the number maybe goes up to Allen and Diggs. That's it. But you know, Poyer and Hyde, I love them. They're not getting in. They're great in Bill's history, but not NFL history mm-hmm. necessarily. Does maybe Matt Milano get more of a look? Maybe. But we lost a year where he could have been an all-pro pretty early. He gets hurt in, what, week four, week five? Trey, yeah, very Trey, tough. Trey White may have been on that trajectory. Then he's he had two horrifying injuries. Again. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's had two injuries, so he's out. You just you can't help but ultimately look at Trey White. And, you know, we were talking free agents earlier. Is that a guy you cut? Now, because of the injury proneness, and mm-hmm. will he ever come back to what he was? You have, you have Rasul Douglas. Those guys. That's another conversation. It's but, a fair conversation yeah. to have, man. Let's go to Rob here on the line. Rob, good morning. How are we doing today, gentlemen? How are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm uh, thoroughly enjoying this conversation you guys are having about the coaches and everything, and my mind is is going a mile a minute as you guys are talking. I love Sean McDermott. I've loved what he's always done. Of course, there was some decision-making that he made um, since he's been that we didn't always mm-hmm. agree with, like um, squib kick. Uh, didn't need to bring that up. Um, anyways, if I was to have any other coach from the NFL coach for the Buffalo Bills, it would be Dan Campbell. Definitely Dan Campbell. He is a player's coach. He's very passionate. He wears his emotions on his sleeve, but he's a very smart individual. I, I personally think he would fit well in Buffalo as a coach. So uh, I think so, that, too. Gentlemen? Yeah, Rob, uh, thanks yeah. for the call. I think so, too. I, I like the answer, Dan Campbell. I'm not necessarily there yet with Rob. I think my two are Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur. I can Campbell's see right there, though. Yeah. And, and I, he's spot on. He's a player's coach. And, and, man, he does wear his emotions on his sleeve. He cries a lot. And he gets me going. Like tells, I'm not the, even a tells the guys how it is too. He's yeah. like, you know what? We won. I'm going home to have a beer. Like you know what yeah. I mean? Like, and and just... I like Campbell. And and that's right. I mean, he comes off. I mean, you, you joked about it too. Like you know, we're biting kneecaps and stuff like that. <laughs> he 
came off like a crazy person. He like did. his introductory press conference is still. We know the success legendary. now. Legendary. Yeah. It's legendary. Mm-hmm. We know the success now, and it's still difficult to get past it. But he has shown he's a very smart individual. He knows how to get his team to success. The Detroit Lions, I mean, you want to talk about zero foundation. Zero foundation. Mm-hmm. And when he got there, you know, guys like Calvin Johnson and then Matthew Stafford, two icons in, a, you know, a, I guess a successful period of their team. But well, the the most to that point, probably. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, outside like, of like the 40s. Yeah, out of, yeah, yeah. right. It's, Outside of 30 gone. years ago, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Are gone, and within three, four years, he's in the NFC Championship game and should have won it. But on the Dan Campbell thing as well, let's say Dan Campbell's our coach, or we're in, we're in Detroit doing this show. How are Carlos feeling about that uh, that that mm, that loss in the championship game? Mm-hmm. What do they have a twenty-four to seven point lead? Yeah, and they and they lost? blew it. It was the Chargers Jacksonville two but little little better. I mean, I mean, Bob <laughs> brought it up too. I mean, like thirteen seconds, he called it script kit, which is funny. But <laughs> I loved it. But like that's going to be a thing for Detroit now, where they sit there and go, "We lost it. We could have beaten Kansas City. Like we were playing better than anyone. We could have done it." They like, did beat Kansas City in the opening game of the season. They that beat them in the opening game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that would have been, been a rematch. rematch. Mm-hmm. There we go. And here's the thing, too. Just quickly about Dan Campbell, he's a McDermott-esque type of coach, right? That players coach about mm-hmm. the culture more than anything, yeah. right? He's a more emotional Sean McDermott. That's what I. That's what I would say. Yeah. Like he's he's out there a little more out there a little more emotional. I think that's why he'd be a lot of people's pick because he's something sort of familiar that would kind of fit into what mm-hmm. is already here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where I'm getting on that. But listen, I at, the, at I the end it. of the day, I know we're talking hypotheticals. I think the best man for the job is the man that's currently employed in the position. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that's where I'm coming off of this is like, look, like you're not going to prize Sean McVay from L.A. No. L.A. is desperately trying to keep him. like They want league. him because he's the one keeping them in, in yeah. the they're, – yeah. They're desperately trying to make sure he doesn't retire and decide, you know what, I'm 35 years old. I've got my ring. I'm done. Made my money. Got my ring. I'm out. They're yeah. desperate. Mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur has kind of made Green Bay his own, and now he's got his – Guy in Jordan Love, like he's not having to cater to Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Rogers. He's got his guy in Jordan Love. They've got a young team. He's obviously staying. I just wish at that point every like, team you're like hoping Packers. if you fire Sean McDermott, you're hoping and praying that a Ben Johnson, a Bobby Slowick hits. That's what you're hoping for. Mm-hmm. That you hire them and hope they hit. As much as you can believe it, let's go to them as well. Ben Johnson, I really like. I really, really do. Bobby Slowick. Their game against the Ravens, I was furious with them. Kept trying to run it on first down when Devin Singletary couldn't get a yard and a half. Just kept going to the run. Every coach in the NFL is infuriating to their own fan base. I think that's the thing as well. I didn't grow up in the 90s. But I will tell you, I would have been somebody after like Super Bowl II asking for Marley's job. I probably would have been that fan. Mm-hmm. Because at a certain point, I would have been, and I've heard the talks about McDermott as well, of like, what are we we're, doing? We're not getting there. We're not getting there. We're we're hitting the same reset button every you know? season. And yeah. and I would, you know, go to the, the stories that I've heard endlessly at this point. They were partying too much the night before the first Super Bowl. And then in Super Bowl, the, well, the second Super Bowl, not Super Bowl two, but the second one against Washington. Where's Thurman Thomas's helmet? What are we doing? Yeah. I've but watched in, that documentary, The Four Falls of Buffalo, probably a hundred times. It's painful. Yeah. But in reality, I go back to it. The one Super Bowl they really should have won is the first one. They should have beaten the Giants. Right. You had that game. Yeah. They had it. And but let's you, be honest, you were not nearly as talented as the Dallas Cowboys. No. Like, th- like those two teams were better than you. And if San Francisco got in, maybe it's a closer game. But I think San Francisco is probably more talented than you. You're kind of looking at an opposite 
of what the AFC and NFC are. I think today. so. That's kind of what you're looking. You're looking. At. San Francisco is the '90s Bills. Mm-hmm. They're very talented, very good, very good, and we'll have multiple Hall of Famers. But but George Kittle, and Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. Brock Purdy, not Mahomes. We're not even talking. Not even talking like, not about even it. Close to Mahomes. McCaffrey's amazing. McCaffrey's absolutely amazing. Right, but so is Thurman Thomas. Right, Thurman Thomas absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. You know, it's like a rever- Uno reverse on the AFC NFC. It, it's like, that's funny. What it is. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm looking at, it, I'm like, in and in coaching, Kyle Shanahan, he's not Andy Reid. Nope. Just like you know, Marv, great, not Jimmy Johnson. And Johnson didn't even coach for very long. He got his two Super Bowls and was like, all right, I'm going to Miami. I'm leaving. I'm gone. Yeah. And it's it's it it it's painful. It's a hard realization. But again, this is why I'm excited. To maybe, I don't want to say get the dead weight off. That's a terrible way to put it. But to get younger, to maybe hit on some more of these picks. We've, I mean, Joe, you've, you've listened to the station. You've heard people. I mean, I've talked to you about it, about how many calls we get about people, you know, in season being furious. They're not playing rookies. About to get your wish. Yeah. You're about to get your wish. Because you're going to have to. Yeah, there's no other choice than and to I'm play the rookies. And I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that because, look, the Chiefs are not going to be this team forever. They're just not. They weren't even this season. Yeah, they, they were. were very beatable. This is the most beatable Chiefs team yeah. you could have played in the playoffs. But they got hot in the playoffs, and they go on a run, and it's because they have the Hall of Fame talent. Yeah. But I look at the young Bills players they have now. I saw a stat yesterday. Allen to Shakir was, I think, maybe like the most potent quarterback to wide receiver connection. Or maybe, maybe most efficient, I think, is probably the better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Most efficient quarterback to wide receiver connection. He, he's in his second year. You've got Allen. He's under 30. Yeah. Dalton Kincaid broke Bill's records. And really, right away. And, and it really, wasn't even a full season when he I, was starting. Yeah, yeah, and I'd wonder how Kincaid would look if they didn't have Knox there, if they weren't trying to use both of them. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see how that looks. James Cook was, I think, fifth or sixth in the league in rushing, maybe even higher. He was number one for quite a while. Yeah. He, was, he was right up Terrell there. Terrell Bernard, mm-hmm. in his second year, pops off mm-hmm. into a point where we're all sitting there going, yeah, Jermaine Edmonds, bye-bye. We're, we're, we're fine. Yeah, we're good. and you think the Khalil Shakir experiment was over. Nope. Nope, yeah. he's he's a, he's your slot guy now. He's We're your good. slot receiver. Yeah, We're fine. Mm-hmm. And this year they're walking in with ten draft picks in a loaded draft class. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing, right? You look at the Bills and the Chiefs comparing Super Bowl champions, right? Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes got a lot done with a better team around him. I would say, like you said, the Hall of Fame talent around him. Yep. Allen's doing a lot more with a lot less. I will say that just by himself. Well, you, and, and, on face value, looking at both of them, if you get those Hall of Fame pieces around Allen and the Bills, mm-hmm. I'm sorry that that team is going. Allen is going to take that step over Mahomes. That's what you need to do. You need to fill these positions with guys who can actually make a difference and yep, do that. Like the Chiefs have, and they they drafted Mahomes' stuff, the the money, the cap, it hit, and, that's and they got thing. younger, and it worked out for them. That's, Look and, at them and, as and a template. Exactly. Yeah. I think they're just a year ahead of the Bills because that's where they've always been. When yeah. they got Mahomes, they were already a perennial playoff team that just needed the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And now they've kind of run through that first stage. They got a Super Bowl because they did get their Mahomes-Allen. I mean, Mahomes is the, the guy. They got that quarterback. Yeah. And they hit. But look at Manning and Brady, too, for the comparison, right? Yep. Brady had a better team around him than Manning did with the Colts, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the same situation. Yeah. You're looking at the identical situation. And you know it's what, crazy. Though, and even speaking on that. I get more solace in the sense that I haven't seen Allen play a truly atrocious game against the Chiefs. No. Outside of maybe 2020. He plays his best football in Arrowhead. He, play, he plays his best yeah, he plays his best ball in Arrowhead. For much of the early parts of those two careers, that rivalry, Brady Manning, Manning was atrocious Horrible. against Brady. Yeah. Could I mean, not like, could not play football. Specifically him could not play football picks, in Foxborough. Picks, picks, fumble, everything. Just turnovers. He couldn't do anything. Get younger. 
focus more on offense, lean into the fact that you have a defensive head coach who is getting the most out of these defensive players, and I think you've got something much sooner than you would think. Because it's not always the team. The Chiefs won two Super Bowls in a rebuild year and a year where they were not very good. Mm-hmm. Just based off everyone's opinions. Yeah. And that's why like, I still have faith with the Bills. Because even with wide receiver, you know, we didn't get to go through it today. You know, hopefully maybe next week I'll be able to. But, like, first-round wide receivers, oh, they come in and they produce. Second-round wide receivers come in and produce pretty much across the board outside of the clear busts. I don't think this is, like, as negative. Initially, after the Super Bowl, I was very negative. Now, I'm starting to feel all right. Again, we would love to hear your thoughts. 803-0550. Is there a coach that you definitively would love to have over Sean McDermott? Or are you kind of where me and Joe are at, where outside of maybe Reed, there's not many more that you can honestly say are better. Again, love to hear your thoughts. 803-0550 is the number. We'll keep running on this topic after a quick timeout. You're listening to the Extra Point Show here on WGR. I need three of those dreams, baby. We ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. Kansas City, we will be back here next year. And for those who won't Chris Jones go, I ain't going nowhere, baby. Chiefs star defensive tackle Chris Jones there at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Which, of course, basically following that turned into tragedy. About 22 people were shot, one yeah. person killed. Um, however, it does look like uh, 21 other people who were injured are going to make a full recovery, which is phenomenal to hear, but terrible, terrible situation. On Makes the Chris, you sick. Oh, terrible. On the Chris Jones point, though, uh, his agent was not happy about that. He, nope. he tweeted about it and was like, all right, bartender, cut him off. Yeah. Well, he's like, he's like, ah, you want to see it. He, he wants that third ring, so he's making it sound like Apparently. he's going to stick around and all that. And the, agent, uh, he says the that agent's now, like, we need some money. Yeah, Come he on. says that now until be... the agent's like, okay, we can push them for this because most teams are willing to give you this. And... Tyreek wanted that, though. And then and they, they got didn't. rid of him. And they yeah. got rid of him. Mm-hmm. And I would not be surprised if the Chiefs do it again where they're like, nope, we're okay. Like, you know, Carl Loftus will be our, our, our new defensive line key piece. Different position, but both on the D-line. Should we just add Chris Jones to the Bills roster with Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones? Oh, man, we will not be able to afford him. Like, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> Could if, he you does, imagine? if he does not Could sign you imagine, the, though? If he does not sign with the Chiefs, he is going <laughs> he's, he's not go to, here. Yeah. <laughs> he is going to a bad team who is like, we really need, like, a foundational piece on our defense. And we'll give you Carolina. a lot of money until you retire. Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push Carolina until... The Earth caves in <laughs> them or Chicago because Chicago released Cody Whitehair and Eddie Jackson and they freed up twenty one point seven million dollars in cap space. They already with third in the NFL in cap space going into free agency. Like Chicago, the rebuild they should have should be very quick if they get Caleb Williams and a wide receiver like Malik Neighbors at nine, and if they add like a Chris Jones in because they overpay for him. Yeah, they'll be good very very quickly. Been talking a lot in the second hour here. Uh, I posted to, twi- to Twitter. We've been taking your responses. Your calls as well are, are, as well are always welcome to 803-0550 if you want to jump in on this. And it was just outside of Andy Reid. What coach is actually an upgrade over McDermott to you? And we've taken a few responses. I- I've seen some that you know are, are throwing out a lot of names. Uh, Steve tweets in, none. It took Reid 20 years to win the Super Bowl. Year in and year out, his teams were always good enough to win it. Kind of a career mirror for McDermott, except McDermott has more W's through seven years. I don't know for sure about that, but I could be correct. I know I know Reed made it to four straight NFC championships early in his career, only won one of them. It's really hard to win a Super Bowl, and the more shots you have, the better chance it happens. I agree with that. And again, to kind of my point as well, 
the Chiefs have gone on this dynasty because I think they are just the best team of the generation. Like, it's of the 2020s, like, they're the best team. 100%. They have more Hall of Famers than most. I think it's also fair to say they maybe have the most physically talented quarterback of all time in Mahomes, who very willingly went to a long ball quarterback and then transitioned into, I'll just kill you with you know death by by a thousand cuts mm-hmm. and and really there was no painful period to do that he just did it and that's where i think Allen needs to improve of the willingness to do that yeah and to just be very efficient very methodical he hasn't gotten there yet you already no, mentioned we'll though what do you say uh i forget who he was with um a golf tournament that, no radio row for the super bowl oh okay um okay. he was with chris sims Oh, that makes sense. He t- he talks to Sims a ton. Yes, and uh, who's his co-host? Mike Florio. Mike Florio. Yes, no, thank boy. you. That's right. It is Florio. And they were they were talking about you know like the end of the season, of mm-hmm. course, and um, you know the turnovers and things like that. Yeah. And Alan mentioned he's like when he injured his shoulder. Yeah. He would throw, and he's like, "Oh, didn't like that." And like he would have to, he would have to change. Like well, that was, he had that was to change a, a couple things. His, his yeah. UCL injury in his elbow last season mm-hmm. was a thing too, where it didn't affect the long balls much; it affected the short passes. Yeah, and and, and so maybe we're being aggressive on Allen when it's real. It's like no, the two injuries he's picked up have actually affected the short ball. And of course, they're and, on no, the throwing arm. Like it just doesn't help. Always, yeah, of course, it, it can never be the off throwing arm. But gotta love no. that. But. If it's not that, he does need to improve because yeah. Mahomes has readily gone to it and has had no problems and has won two Super Bowls off an offense that most of us would agree has not been the best Chiefs no. offense. I mean, Canary's Tony, they did the best thing they, they could ever do and just sat him. Yeah, healthy and they active. won. Yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, man, that is crazy how, like, how Kadarius Tony went from a freak athlete out of Florida. People, to nothing. Yeah, to like truly it is better to not have him on the field. Absolutely crazy. He, and then he went on Instagram Live and he's like, they're lying about my They're injury. They're lying about my injury. Yeah. I'm I'm healthy. I'm healthy. Oh. What did you do that for? That was crazy. <laughs> uh, Maniac tweets in, there isn't one, but let the angry callers tell you different. We haven't actually taken any angry callers, which is nice. No. I mean, or... I'm, all, I'm always willing to scrap. I mean, it's a Friday morning. The sun's kind of out. I know. I'm ready for my moon to be affected. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm always ready. Listen, I, I think I don't think we have angry callers because I think everyone's kind of at the same point, right? The team rallied around McDermott. After everything that happened this, this, during the season, this was one of his better coaching jobs. One of his better coaching jobs. They he, he they led the team on a run that they got they got the two seed in the AFC. And I'm it, I'm I'm telling you, man. And I'm I'm very willing to be proven wrong when next season rolls around. I think they went to a war a more run heavy offense because they realized fairly quickly on we do not have the wide receivers to make this offense work. When they thought Sherfield and Hardy could hit, and they didn't. And they were like, okay. But our offensive line is healthy, and our running backs are solid, and we can get them into space. Let's go to that, and let's go to a short passing game. And that's what they had to do to not have a wasted season. And you're right. They got the two seed. Miami still can't beat them. For as fun as they are on offense, still can't get past them. It's hysterical every year at this point. Well, a lot of Miami fans you saw after the loss attribute that to maybe they need to move on from Tua. Do you think that just quick? Do you think that's what the – I, I don't I, think Tua – I, I think he's up, been fine. I wake up – oh, okay, this is going to be fun then. I wake up every day praying to every religion I know that they pay him big money. Hmm. I, I like Tua. I think he's a really good guy. I like his story. I think really since his touchdown pass against Georgia, he has been overhyped. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, that's like day one. That's why I say he's just been fine. He's, like, he's, he's been he's, fine. He's he has, serviceable. He has a mm-hmm. solid to – serviceable arm is actually probably the best way to put it. He cannot play in cold weather. Mm-mm. Remember when he, he was – He cannot go to a second read. Yeah. He's Remember, not yeah. mobile. He's small. 
he is an outlier in almost every category you look at with a quarterback. He's an outlier in almost every single one. He's not mobile. Like yeah, He's anything. small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a bazooka. No. And he's not a guy that can like just make plays happen out of nowhere. He is a one-read quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you saw it when they played good teams. I mean, that was the whole thing. When they played over 500 teams, it was a disaster outside yeah. of Dallas. Well, because Dallas is the same way as them. Dallas is the NFC version of them, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so and, that's and so, just all it is. Yeah, I, I, every every morning I wake up and the first thing I say is, I hope I'm going to open up my phone and find out that Miami paid to like, like an eight-year contract Here's worth like $250 million. You mentioned one read quarterback, which is 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. They throw the Bills throw off his timing. If it's if the two second timing to Tyreek on the outside doesn't work, there's nothing else he can do. Yeah, there's he gets not swallowed a, up, is not a, sacked in the pocket, or he throws it away. Yep. The Bills know how, they play him twice a year. It's a divisional opponent. That's the thing about it, right? Yeah. You know how to neutralize him, and they have. So mm-hmm. I just had to ask about Tua because I think he's been fine. Yeah. I think they will pay him though, yep. and I don't and, know and, if that's and, the best thing for Miami. And one thing I did I did want to say we were talking a little bit in, in the break as well about it is just because we we're talking about the Hall of Fame talent that the Chiefs have, and Chris Jones is coming up. You know, we'll see if if Kansas is able to pay him, but they did move off a guy who was getting older who wanted to get paid and was a key member in Tyreek Hill. So mm-hmm. it's not like they have a precedent of. Of being like, no, no, we got to bring back everybody. Like they've been willing to move, move on, on. Mm-hmm. and they've now won two Super Bowls post Tyreek. So mm-hmm. let's not act like they're going to definitively bring back Chris Jones. If he's not on the field, though, the Bills take a four point lead over Kansas City in that divisional round game. Yes, there's well over a minute left. I get that, but it is different than 13 seconds where they only needed a field goal to win. Yeah, where or, or to tie. Excuse me, they would need. A touchdown to win. I get the Bills and only stop them once up to that point. But let's not act like and, and it's and it's tough to do it in the moment in the moment because they hadn't really stopped him all day and you have that sinking feeling. But let's not act like there wouldn't have been one play by the Bills to win that game. There could have been. Mm-hmm. Diggs catches but Chris that ball. Jones, mm-hmm. Yeah, Diggs catches that ball, but Chris <laughs> Jones is a game wrecker. Yeah. And He's notoriously a game record. It, it, he it's he not, did it throughout the playoffs. Yeah, the entirety of the playoff run. He he ruined touchdowns for Purdy in the Super Bowl. He had Debo Samuel wide open. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones right I mean, in front game of record. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like that's I, and don't get me wrong. Yes, the Bills are searching for that. They put a ton of money in the defensive line, and they have. And Oliver might end up being that. I don't know. He, he might. He's we'll shown find out. flashes of it. It's and, if he can do it yeah, consistently. And he went quiet in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But again, another year. Maybe he produces more. I, yeah. and, and and we get there to where he is. Chris I think with Jones. McDermott as your coach in the defensive mind, you're only going to see him get better, and that's the positive of mm-hmm. McDermott for sure. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Jeff on the line. Jeff, how are we doing this morning? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, uh, you know, disappointing because, like you say, we always seem to get right to that uh, that threshold and we just can't get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, you guys, I was thinking about it, I was listening, and you were talking about Miami, and uh, you know. Uh, I loved it. I got to say, watching that game, I watched that game. I says, man, all Miami had to do was win it home, and they couldn't get it done. They got to be scratching their head. They got to be shaking their head, going, "Hey, what do we got to do here?" I mean, if you look back at it and the way we came back from six and six and so on and so forth, yeah, you got to let McDermott. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of. A lot of other options out there. I did grow up in the 90s. As a matter of fact, I, I've been watching the Bills since uh, probably about 72. So count your blessings now by the W's, and, and mm-hmm. you've got a solid team because uh, a lot of 2-14, and 4-12 and 12 seasons I've been through, and I, I just look back at last year and I go, hey, yeah, we didn't make the Super Bowl, but you know what? 
neither did 30, what, or 27 other teams make the playoffs. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Jeff, thanks for the call. And, and Yeah, I, I, yeah. There's only going to be one happy team. We've heard yeah. it all off season, right? That's mm-hmm. what Allen has said at every press conference. There's only one happy team at the end of the season. And it's true. And the team yeah. has been the Chiefs for two years now at the end of the season, yeah. hoisting a trophy. Yep. And, and I they think, have. They have. And I think that's, you know, the, the narrative of the villain is now showing up, right? The classic adage of if you live long enough, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well the, the people Chiefs... hated the Bills in the 90s because they just kept going back to the Super Bowl in the AFC and losing, right? Yeah. They mentioned that in the Four Falls of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. People started not to like the Bills because they just kept going back and losing, taking opportunities away from other AFC teams. That was their reasoning, right? Mm-hmm. The Chiefs keep going back and winning. That's the difference, right? And it's like the Patriots with Brady. They kept going back and winning. Mm-hmm. It's just people don't want to see the same people playing well, every and, and, year. And that's the thing. That's where I, the I villain narrative the comes from. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you get the villain narrative, but it's it's kind of the same with when you're rooting for your own team. I've seen a lot of people say, essentially, like, it's the definition of insanity. We're doing the same thing over and over and over again. I don't agree with that at all. They have different coordinators now this year, and I'm excited for the combine to find out if, if McDermott's calling the plays or Babbage is calling the plays. I think Babbage is calling the plays. I don't think he stays in Buffalo if he's just going to be a mouthpiece for McDermott. I think he's calling the plays. Brady now comes in as the OC officially and will likely have more of his fingerprints on the offense because he was essentially using Ken Dorsey's playbook and trying to Frankenstein it to make it work so that they don't have a lost season. McDermott, yes, is still the figurehead, but they're going to change players. They're going to have rookies. We're losing players on, on throughout the team, mainly on defense. It's not the same team, but when the same guy is, is McDermott and the same quarterback is Allen, I can understand the feeling of it's the same story over and over and over again. But yeah. it's not. It is different. It's the same. Like, Miami is going to be looking at next season and having this kind of same thought of, like, what do we do? I mean, like that. Like, I guess that's my thing, Joe, too, is, like, there are teams that are in way worse positions than the Bills. I would say the Dolphins are one of them. They kind of seem nowhere at quarterback. They seemingly have a very good coach in Mike McDaniel, who I do like, but they can't beat 500 teams. They've yet to win a playoff game. They've yet to win the AFC East, and they were in quite a bit of a lead in this season, and they still couldn't do it. Yeah. They're in a weird spot where the Bills is just like they just need to, a few more things right, and they're on a run. Even in a bad year, I think if the Bills did beat Kansas City, at, at the time I was like, oh, they're not beating Baltimore. The way Baltimore showed up in that AFC Championship game. Hindsight, you think, oh, the Bills could have walked they, in there and maybe they, gotten something done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, the Chiefs are not going to have this talent year in and year out. Let's see if they sign Chris Jones back to long-term money, or do they transition to the offense and try to go get a big-name wide receiver? Yeah. Do they try to to lure Mike Mike Evans over and don't let him stay in Tampa with money by not signing Chris Jones? Maybe, because it's not like they haven't done this before. Mm-hmm. Going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show here on a Friday. You're listening to The Extra Point Show, and this is WGR. Well, Holly, that was the only way to do it, so I had to. I told some of my teammates and my coaches, like, if I got a chance in transition, I'm going to launch one and... Honestly, I didn't know if it was going to go in because it was, it was a deep one, but then it goes in and Coach Wooder calls timeout. And I'm just thankful to be surrounded by these people, this place. Um, I'm just so grateful, honestly. Caitlin Clark, liar. She knew that was going in. Knew that was going in. Yeah, come you on. You cannot be that good. Shoot a 40-footer and think. You know she yelled 50-50. money as that was in the air. You know, At like, worst in her head. Yeah. At worst in her head. 
man, she's she is a blast to watch. I'm a college basketball junkie, Joe. You know that. Yeah, I'm. I'm a casual. I like the NCAA tournament, March you're Madness. More, yeah, you're far I, more I like casual that. than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a junkie. I mean, like again, I take off for you know March Madness, and I am notorious for staying up till ten at night to watch a Western Athletic Conference basketball. Grand Canyon, guys, they're a great team. They're a great team. <laughs> the Mountain West is a blast every single night. There's a game at 10 o'clock tonight. Oh, I want to say San Diego State and oh, who else is playing tonight? New Mexico, thank you. New Mexico and San Diego State at 10 o'clock. I'll probably watch it. I'm an absolute junkie for that stuff. And Caitlin Clark has been a blast to watch in women's college basketball. Again, I, I tuned into their tournament to start watching her play because it's – that's what you tune in for, especially with basketball, is, is those star performances by those star players who are just absolutely absurd at what they do. And, and she is yeah. that to a T. And she's just absolutely a ball to watch. And I can't wait to watch Iowa keep going. My uncle's a huge, my uncle and my aunt are huge uh, UConn women's fans as well. And I'm actively going to root against UConn to see Kay and Clark get something, especially because Angel Reese won last year. And she was super fun after that. Like, I have no problem with the trash talking. I loved it. Clark oh, had, yeah. Clark had no problem with it either, so I have absolutely no problem Ultimate with it. Ultimate competitors would have no problem with it. Exactly. So mm-hmm. Angel got hers. Now I want to see Caitlin Clark get hers because that would just kind of be... Full circle moment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Full circle and the creme de la creme to what has been a truly spectacular career up to this point. Yeah. I, had a, up, I, had a, I definitely had a blast today, too, kind of like going through like all these coaches that... Not necessarily the Bills could have, but just who would you rather have? I'm trying to respond to uh, this Ben um, guy as well, so I'm, I'm trying to do that on Twitter <laughs> as we're going to break. But uh, it's been a blast. Uh, stay tuned later tonight. Uh, we do have Niagara basketball going to be on the station. They're playing at Fairfield. That game will be at 7 o'clock immediately following Shope and the Bulldog. But coming up next... Following another Sabres shutout loss. Well, oh, they had boy. over 40 shots on goal last night. I do not night. envy Marty Baran and Brian Duff. No, I'll tell you that. No, no. <laughs> Good luck to them. They're coming up next with Sabres Live. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great rest of your weekend. You're listening to There's Point Show here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.